Hello, and welcome to Down the Back of the Sofas, the podcast with Steve and Russ that embraces everything, not only the shiny new penny you've found, but also the half-chewed toffee covered in fluff, precious. Russ, how you been? Hello, Steve. I am very well, thank you. And yourself? Yeah, it's not too bad. It's bad. It's been a pretty good week for bits and pieces. There's been some ups and downs, which yeah. we'll talk about. Yeah. Um, a couple of things I think we love that's going to be sort of messed about a bit with. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, all good. All good. Good. That's good. Good to hear. Uh, been a bit of a quiet week for me, really. Still furloughed from work. Um, so yeah. Just like doing various things around the house and just getting out, getting a bit of exercise, and just you know, that's been about it, really. I think we have we've had some nice weather as well, actually. Now, I think it's taken a little turn for the worst, yeah. It's getting a little, I don't like it too hot anyway, so this is perfect weather for me, yeah. No, very true, very true. Okay, let's see what's been down the back of your sofa this week. Uh, let's kick things off and let's see what's plumped our cushions. Uh, in so far, so good. Sega are celebrating their 60th birthday um, and many years ago uh, the, I believe it was the early 90s they brought out a handheld console it was very much to sort of like in competition with uh, Nintendo's Game Boy and it was their, their version of it was called uh, the Game Gear it was a lot bit more advanced than the Game Boy because the Game Boy was only like one colour when it first came out and eventually they released a, a Game Boy colour but when it first came out it was just all one colour uh, but the Game Gear was very much it was it was bigger um, and it had a multi-colour screen as well and it had some really pretty good games on it but it just it did well but just not as, as good as what the Game Boy did so Sega being Sega and I don't understand some of the things they do sometimes this week have just uh, announced that they're going to be releasing a Game Gear Micro. Um, at this time, they've only said that it's coming out in Japan. It's going to be released on the 6th of October. But they've released a picture of it, and they've kind of like got it up against a person holding their hand open, and it fits between the little finger and the thumb. <laughs> that is it. <laughs> now, hang on. Both of us wear glasses. There's no way in hell we're going to see <laughs> No. No. Oh, oh, no, no, no. There is an add-on that you can right. get, which goes over the top of it to make the screen look bigger, like a magnifying glass. Why don't they just bring out... A bigger, a bigger one, a bigger <laughs> version of it. Yeah. So the screen is only 1.15 inches big. So I don't understand it, but I know the Japanese, that they do like things on a smaller scale sometimes but but it has to be you're gonna get cramp every time you play and you know some of these games they they need precise they need precision yeah Yeah. you need to jump at the right time or or do other i mean i remember there was quite a uh, and i must say i'm gonna say half decent but then i never finished it so i don't know a terminator game i had the game gear and i quite enjoyed it but i also had at the time an atari lynx yeah now I found you know that was a lot bigger. All right, yeah. you couldn't put it in your pocket like you could a Game Boy, but I didn't care. It was portable, yeah, and it had some great games on it. APB, you know, all that sort of Blue Lightning was your flying game and stuff like that. And yeah. and uh, and the Game Gear had a good few, but it I, I wonder it wasn't as they, popular. It, it wasn't well, as popular. They never really pushed it, and I think with Atari as well with the Atari Lynx, they never really advertised it that well. I remember seeing a couple of um, adverts, commercials in the cinema, but nothing on telly. Yeah. And it always, I think, with Nintendo, they they do push their stuff quite well, mm. or it's word of mouth or stuff like that. But I mean, if you think both the, both the Game Gear and the and the Atari Lynx had better 
quality screens yep. and colours. Oh yeah, definitely. But they didn't. What they don't have is the is the is the games. Yeah. Is the library. Yeah, that's the problem. And I think that's what sells it as well. Yeah. Well, the thing is, at the beginning of the week, there was this announcement saying that Sega's got you know some big announcement. And last year they brought out the Sega Mega Drive in the UK, Sega Genesis in the in America, like a mini mini version. And it it done really well. It was a it was a smaller cut down version, but there's been lots of like mini versions. Like there's been a mini Nintendo system, a mini SNES, and they've come pre built with like thirty forty games. And um, yeah, it, it it done really well. So when they said come out, then they said, oh, we're gonna got this announcement coming later on in the week. People were really like hoping, oh, they're gonna bring out another mini console like a I don't know maybe the the, the uh, Dreamcast or you know the Sega Saturn something like that. And then they come out with this. <laughs> people are looking at each look at the, people are almost looking at each other going, what? Why? Yeah. What's, what's this? What, 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 what are you doing? <laughs> and the thing is about it, it's, it's kind of come in four colours. It's going to come in black, blue, yellow and red. And each of them has four games only on. They have four different games on each colour. But you can't add to it. There's no like USB port or anything like that. It just comes fixed with four games per colour and no doubt only one or two of them games of each one do you actually want yeah and there's one particular colour I believe it's the yellow colour which is mainly Japanese games so you know they've not said that they're going to release them anywhere else other than outside Japan but obviously you've got the big you know retro fans which are going to be looking into importing them um some of them are just going to be a waste of time because it's all going to be Japanese that, text. You can't play the games. Yeah, but also as well, I think when you when you as soon as you said that, there's only so many games to now. You you know as well as I do with flash drives, you can have gigabytes and gigabytes of memory. Yeah. So there's no reason why the whole library of Game Gear games couldn't fit on one thing. Yeah, or just put a little micro SD card slot in it. So that's just yeah. and that's just mon- that's the money making. Yeah. Oh, and they've also been a little bit clever as well because on the black one, because you know the most popular game to come out of Sega in the in the in the early days, the eighties, nineties, was Sonic the Hedgehog. He's their biggest character. He's like Mario's rival. Yeah. So on the black one, they've brought it's going to come with Sonic the Hedgehog one, but on the blue model, it's got like a different like Sonic the Hedgehog two or something like that, or a different Sonic game. So if you're a real diehard Sonic fan, you're automatically going to buy the two colours. Because yeah. you're going to want the want the two games. You, I can I can hear some I can hear somebody rubbing their hands together. Yeah, oh, yes, yeah. it's, it's a Sega CEO. Yeah, uh, yeah, and and that to me puts me if if I absolutely loved it, that's put me off straight away because I just think it's just a marketing thing. Yeah, you know you haven't done it because it's like we we've done it to make it better for you because you love these games you want to play them if it wasn't for you we wouldn't be here yeah no they've gone hang on a minute if we split these up we can sell two or three yeah. rather than just the one but the size of the thing it's like an april false joke you know you would think, think are they being serious or is it just <laughs> some marketing thing for next week they're going to actually announce the thing that they are going to be bringing out now i think now in doing that, if that was a prototype to say, look how small we can make this, mm. then that's fine. Then you stick that processing power and the ability to show like that on a pair of glasses. Yeah. So I can literally wear my glasses and then sit there and think, oh, I might play a game. Boom, switch over to a game and yeah. I can actually see a, a screen that looks like it's a, a 32-inch television in front of my eyes that are being projected on my glasses. Yeah, you'd have like then, a, a Bluetooth controller or something. E- exactly. Perfect. And I'm thinking, yeah, that's fine. That's great. I'm up for that. But it seems to be they're chucking out all this stuff first. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, just, Apple, I don't Apple is supposed to be working on the glasses. But how many? You're not going to get many games on it. But the whole point yeah. is, if you literally, like I say, cut your phone in half and use those as the arms, yeah, all right, they'll be quite quite wide and quite thick. But you you imagine having that battery power and processing power that projects onto your glasses? Yeah. Fantastic. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, but no, I, I honestly, I don't understand their decision with it. I really don't. Um, you know, it is their 60th birthday, so maybe later on they may announce something else they've got planned, and hopefully it'll be something a bit more along the lines of what people were hoping for, like a uh, a Dreamcast Mini or something like that. But I, I just don't, I don't, I don't get, it. I don't understand it. I don't get their their thinking of it. There's, there's a what can we, what money can we make first? Because I mean, their their last big hit, what 
what was that alien isolation for yeah. Sega yeah that was huge and then they tripped over their own feet by not making a proper VR version yeah oh yeah yeah, it was some hacked, because, it was a hacked version that came out, wasn't it? Yeah, and literally you can still use it. It's called called uh, oh, what's it called? Mother something. I can't remember. But it literally allows you to play it in VR. Yeah. All right, it's it's not a hundred percent proper six degrees of freedom VR, but boy, it, does it make you scared <laughs> to the fact. But I've I finished the game, not on VR, I might add, but I finished the game and I absolutely loved it. And I will, will, I will eventually finish it in VR. But if they actually made that official, you'd, you'd sell it. You'd sell yeah. bucket loads. Oh yeah, definitely. But they won't do because there was a, there was a proper official demo when the Oculus Rift and the Vive and all like that was starting to come out. You know that was at one of the the, the cons, one of the shows. Right. So there was the ability to do it, but then they never pursued it. I don't get it. I, I don't know. I don't get it sometimes. Um, uh, just speaking of that, I know you messaged me this week and was talking about Elite Dangerous. Yes. With the Odyssey. And it looks good, but I also learned today, no VR. Oh, really? Yep. So basically, all the walking around, it isn't VR, and there's no mention of when they're going to do it, if they're ever going to do it. Well, how's that going to work then? If you're flying your ship in VR and then you land on a planet and then you get out and then what you've you got to do, take your headset off? Presumably. Or it will just go to a screen rather than rather than being surrounded, like, rather than being immersed in VR. It will right. go to like a big screen in front of you, same way as a PlayStation yeah. VR does. You know, But it was like there's no base building. There's no walking around on stations. It's only planetary. Yeah, I read that, yeah. And and basically no VR, and they've officially said no. Sorry, we it's gonna so. But what I don't get is your horizons and everything else is going to be VR compatible, but that's not. So does that does that mean that if you're using the Odyssey add-on, but you're in your ship, is that VR or not? Because no. does the add-on supersede everything? Does it you know sort of cloak the rest of the game in this Odyssey update? That means the rest of the game is it. So if you don't, oh, I see add you mean. This, yeah, because <clears throat> it's a paid-on add-on as well. It's not going to be free, I don't believe. It's, it's, it's you've got to pay for it. But it's like they 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 basically said no because we we don't want to compromise, uh, and to bring it to VR would mean there would be some compromises. Right. So we're not going to do it. And it's right. like, well, hang on a minute, that. You know, there's lots and lots of people that are up in arms now because it's not going to be VR, and the fact they're saying, well, you know, Half-Life, Alex, and and Boneworks, and everything else is, is like, yeah, that was made for VR, you know, and um, and uh, uh, No Man's Sky and stuff as well. Hang on a minute, no, No Man's Sky wasn't made for VR. No, they added it in afterwards. They added it in. But yeah. they're saying, yeah, but it's not really that. I'm sorry, but they added it in. Mm. It works. Yeah. There may still be some issues, but they've jumped light years, pardon the pun, past them. Mm. And now they're offering this as a, oh, wow, you can walk around on planets. Oh, by the way, it's not VR. You can't build your base. It's yeah. Like, seriously, uh, what are they. Do? I've lost all faith in Frontier because I just thought I've, I really enjoyed it, but no. Yeah. I think what it is is. Um, you know, people have been asking for this for for a long time. You know, we've had, we've had the game for you know quite some time now. And we've always said, you know, when they're going to bring out space legs? When are we going to be able to get out of our ship and all the rest of it? So it is something we've been asking for, and I do I do welcome it. Um, but I think with them as well is because you know you look at something like Star Citizen, and which is probably its biggest rival. They that's got a lot of content, and it does look great. But it is all still also as buggy as hell. It's the frame rate is still really low, and I think what you get with Elite Dangerous is you don't get any of that. It is pretty much bug free and it does run pretty damn smooth. But it, it does run well. So I think what Frontier are probably looking at is that yes, we're going to be reintroducing this, but I think this is very much a first level update of Odyssey. And then as the year progresses, I think they'll be adding in things like you know your base building and hopefully eventually walking around stations but i i think this is just the first stage of it and then later on down the line they'll add more content in 
But what, what I don't get is why the secrecy? Why do they not just say, look, it's going to happen? I mean, I'm, I'm, um, No Man's Sky did exactly the same thing. Yeah. It's going to happen. We don't know when, but we definitely want it to work. Yeah. Now, that basically just saying, yeah, we're bringing this out, it's, it's not going to be VR. Uh, I mean, they said that they was going to uh, potentially, when, uh, what was the other previous update? Oh, Horizons. Horizons. When yeah. Horizons came out, they said, right, there isn't going to be a VR uh, thing for Horizons on the on the PlayStation. Yeah. Not yet. But, and there still isn't. No. So Horizons has been out for years. Yeah. So I think also what, what annoys me as well is like Frontier, when they first came out, with Elite Dangerous they have always said from the beginning that the game for them whether it's been expanded or not has got a 10 year plan so they know what features they want to add but yeah they won't, they won't say they, they but, don't but say I don't get why there, there isn't the fact of you know there's no secrets that will stop somebody actually you know um, uh, repeating what we're doing yeah. it's the fact that they're totally different games you know yeah. No Man's Sky have done what they wanted to do Star Citizen's doing what they want to do and Elite Dangerous is doing what they want to do. Yeah. So this is which is why I like Star Citizen. But the thing, the difference is between Star Citizen and Elite Dangerous, where Star Citizen is one hundred percent community funded. It isn't. It started off with zero money. It started off as a Kickstarter, and all the money that gets poured into Star Citizen comes from the community. So if you go onto the Star Citizen website, you can actually go to like a like a diary or a plan of what's coming ahead and you can see exactly what they're planning to bring out in a like four or five updates in advance so you know exactly what's coming and roughly when they're hoping to have to bring it out and i would say 85 percent maybe 90 percent of the time they do actually bring out what they're going to say on time so they've got like quarter one quarter two quarter three quarter four we're going to be adding this in each quarter uh, and they're upfront about it but i think that's because it's very much a community uh funded game so they've got to be completely open whereas Elite Dangerous isn't um, I, I do believe Elite Dangerous was on Kickstarter to begin with yeah but because it's not a community company if you like um, I don't know they're just keeping everything to themselves um, they've obviously known about this update for a while um, and we've, as you know we've, we've been asking for Space Legs for years so they, it must have been in their plan it, it, well, put it this way: when when No Man's Sky came out with this, literally because it was everything that was in the game is now playable in VR. Yeah. It it was a case of they must have thought, hang on a minute, we've really got to try and pull our socks up now, mm. because we've got we've we've got all this. I mean, their their stations. Were, I mean, I remember the first time flying into one of their stations, and it was gorgeous. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. But I wanted to get out. Want to get even out if, here. Even if you just get out and. You, you can only go into a couple of places. I don't want to explore the whole thing, yeah. but there has to be some restrictions through the graphics or processor power that that literally, if you get out of your ship, maybe, for instance, there's certain things that um, you know go down in graphical detail. Fine. Okay, yeah. I get that. But then if you're able to walk into a place that literally just has a couple of bits and the rest of it, is, I'm afraid, is is cordoned off because you haven't got you know security access yeah then that's a way round of just saying well you can get off in this place uh, in the state station but you can only go here and yeah here. you can't access because that, but yeah you can't just wander around anywhere you want mate because we yeah. don't know who you are and whether we can trust you that yeah. i can live with yeah. and me personally as well i wish that they had started it off with populating stations not not getting out on 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 planets and walking around i'm not really bothered about that if they were going to do space legs i would rather they actually had started it off maybe just if it was just one or two stations but a living breathing fully active station you know like you get out your ship you walk around there's other players there's restaurants or whatever like you've got somewhere like you can buy somewhere to live yes or, Two, or, or, yeah, exactly. And as I say, with the boat and with no base building, there's nowhere you can actually own. All you're no. living in is, is your ship. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, could, is it now that you can actually get? Can you walk around in your ship or not yet? No. 
right that they need to they could have introduced that that from a graphical point of view could have been very very low yeah because if you've only got a small ship you've got one little room with your bunk and something else and that's it that's all you've got yeah. i mean if you got up into a space station you only need two places one place to get a job and one place to just chill like a canteen yeah, you know, literally have the space, ca- you know, from Star Wars something, yeah. but obviously from their universe. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, when I listen to the audio books and read some of the books from Elite Dangerous, there's just a f- they've got everything they can pull from that, mm-hmm. and it just seems to be they're either dragging the hills, it's a wasted opportunity, or they're just thinking they're they're just focusing on the wrong stuff. I mean, I don't build games, so I don't know how difficult it is Mm. to go from what they've made to make it into VR, but you've got to kind of think, well, you know, No Man's Sky did it, and that's a very, very small team. Yeah. Oh, and also as well, interestingly enough, even though it's not in it yet, because Star Citizen is taking a long time, it's still in alpha release, but they have always said from the beginning, from the onset, that eventually it will be VR. And the very first early versions that came out were also in, in VR. They've stripped all that away for now. But they've always said that when the game is released, at some point it will have VR. And that makes all the difference. It's, yeah. it's kind of thinking, right, will, will the next GTA have VR? And yeah. it's like, well, you know, the, the CEO or whatever it is of... of, of um... Who's, who's the Rockstar? Rockstar, I've seen it enough times. Um, <clears throat> you know, said didn't want to know anything about VR. No, no not for me. It's like you're kidding. Mm. You've got a, a living, breathing city. Yeah, that be perfect want, for it. Absolutely perfect. And you're not, no, no, not for me. And you think, oh, you stuck up. <laughs> <laughs> you're not listening to the fans who have given no. you all this money to do whatever you want and sit in your yacht. Yeah, but people want to sit in their own yacht they've bought in GTA <laughs> and just experience that because that would be awesome. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you want to sit at the back of your huge yacht and just look out and listen to the seagulls going around yeah. and, and the jets <laughs> and yeah. uh, and just I mean we don't even care. All right, if it's not online, right? All right, VR will never come to online. That's fine. Just do it for the main game. Yeah. Yeah, thing is with GTA is because it's so big and they know whenever the new one comes out it's going to sell millions they know they can get away with doing whatever they like ah and talking of VR have you not had a little play with something this week that you uh, have I have about? I have okay <laughs> would you like to elaborate on what you have been playing around with I would I would I tried on Playstation VR the Iron Man VR demo Ooh. Uh, it was awesome was it? Absolutely, it was. I, I not really. I'll, I'll be honest. I really loved the PlayStation VR, but as soon as I had an Oculus, I did go more into the the PC gaming side of things. Yeah, and uh, um, it it really blew me away because it reminded me straight away of the Batman Arkham VR experience. But that literally just was an experience, not even a demo. There was bits in that where you're sort of obviously looking at your hands and your arms and you're going, oh my God, I've got the bat suit on. This is brilliant. There's no uh. way this would fit me in real life. <laughs> 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 I might be able to get the gloves on. That's about it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, but um, yeah, it was, the music's pretty good. It's, it's not the Avengers theme or anything like that. It's associated with the movies, but it's got that orchestral movie nice. type feel to it. And um, it's a standing experience, a standing sort of a, a game. And um, oh, you can't. So you're not flying around then. Uh, oh, ah, yeah. No, you stand physically. You stand up. Oh, I see. So I, I just stood up. I think maybe I could have adapted it to be a sitting play, yeah. but I, I just stood up and did it. And I'm sort of looking at stuff, looking at the menu, thinking, oh yeah, that's alright. And then something said, right, put your arms because it's like a tutorial bit at the start. Put your put your arms out. And as I put my arms out, obviously I saw my arms and hands in the suit and went oh, oh my god and and I thought oh and I sort of moved my hands around and the little you could hear the little servos oh, the, nice. the little moving <laughs> and <laughs> there's a little tutorial bit where you 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 obviously learn how to fly and that literally is just by the triggers so you, you literally put your hands by your sides and you pull your triggers and obviously you go up and you can steer to a certain extent uh, there's snap turning which right. I had on but I haven't had a chance to try the smooth turning yet because I don't Ooh. know if that's still the press of the button. But if you've got your VR legs, you'd be all right. Yeah. But 
I'm still working. I'm still working on mine. <laughs> and uh, the fire button. So basically, you could be you could have thrusting coming out of one hand. So you're flying, and your fire button is like the main button on the move controller to literally fire out a burst. Nice. There's another one where you can punch as another right. weapon. Um, and the first bit is you sort of the island where you are. That's where you do your first very small. It's very quick to get into the flying, very small, sort of short tutorial. And as you're flying, you fly over the sea, and then the titles come up. Right. And when you sort of finish that little sequence, you sort of suddenly see the house, uh, the um, cliff edge sort right. of house that he has in, in three, in yeah. Iron Man 3. You sort of go towards that. And you sort of you come down and you land on a small little island, and that's where you do your, your um, shooting, and you get to know you're flying. Right. You get to uh, there's a boost where if you double click okay. triggers, you you sort of get a bit of a boost for a few seconds. Right. And I found that the 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 flying was very easy to get into. I thought I was going to have a bit of a problem with it, but it it helps. I think it helps you, but you do have quite a like nice lot of control over it. And it let, then it gives you a bit of a uh, a choice of either to continue flying around and doing bits and pieces, or go straight into the first main story. So you go straight in, and it's called Into the Blue, and you're on your private jet. Right. Uh, Pe- Pepper's there, but also Friday's there as well. So the AI Friday is there. So you're sitting there, and you've got the suitcase, which mm. is from two, that obviously you open up at a certain point. It opens up, and obviously all the, you know, the, the suit's in there, uh, nice. and then it sort of closes up. And then a, uh, a Stark drone comes along and obviously damages the jet makes a hole in the side the suitcase is dragged out and you think oh, I know where this is going <laughs> so Pe- Pepper's left on the on the, the plane on her own she can handle it I think she's I don't know whether she's a pilot in the movies but she's clearly quite capable of flying the plane but it's, it's obviously slightly damaged so you move you don't move yourself but the game moves you to the edge and then you jump out right. but the one thing I didn't like was the fact that it cut to you then being in the air and I think they're worried people oh. are going to be sick but I, I was thinking oh I'm going to I'm going to look as if I'm going to I'm going to feel and yeah, you know, experience jumping out of a plane yeah, and it went to went to but then it goes white and then it sort of so whether it's meant to stop you getting sick or mm. it's to load up that next scene maybe I don't know because of the restraints of yeah. the PlayStation I've got a pro so I wouldn't have thought so but you never know it might be just the way it's written so you're flying, you're, well, you're dropping. I say you're flying, you're dropping because clearly you've got no parachute or anything. And then it does this wonderful sequence where, like in Iron Man 3, when he's waiting for the suit to come to him, and suddenly you get one of the gauntlets, one of the hands uh-huh. coming, and it you you don't, but you instinctively do the the jerk back yeah. when when it goes on your hand as if it's the weight behind it, yeah. and then you get the other one, and then you get the chest come towards you, and then you get the face plate. And it just goes ding, and the graphical bits of as it builds up, as if what you would see if it's loading up, just comes together so much because it's if it's over your face and then it opens up, and right. then you've got bits and pieces around like what you see on the screen. Can't yes, yeah. Yeah. and you're there, and it, oh, it's just fantastic. It because it was so easy to get into the movement in the firing, you could sort of relax a bit. Yeah. And I think the, there's obviously a few more drones that come along. They damage the plane. You have to go to certain parts of the plane to fix it. That's good fun. Yeah. It, it's a very good mix of um, being easy to do, but also you're you're interacting with stuff like you're you're trying to help. You're trying to open the the front um, doors to let the undercarriage come out. So you you have to fly up to that bit. If you get close enough, it obviously sort of sticks you to the plane. Then you've got to put your hands in certain places to literally wrench open the the doors so the, the undercarriage can come down. So it's a nice mixture of having a bit of control but also just enjoying it because it's yeah. a, it's an Iron Man movie. So you've got to do certain things. So it needs you in certain places. So is um, it is it just a demo or is it going to be a full game that's been oh, it's released? Oh, it's literally a full game. Full game's released on the... I think it's the 3rd of July. Oh, not too long then. Yeah, literally. I thought I had it written down, but I haven't. Um, yeah, 3rd of July. And um, so this was just a demo to, to sort of wet your whistle and be able to literally play. And I, I must admit, I was blown away by it. Um, nice. It's, it looks really nice. It plays really nice. 
Well, if you plan on, on getting it when the when the world sorts itself out a bit more, I shall have to come round for a little visit and a, and a little go. Definitely, it's it's good fun. It's good fun. Cool. Let's put our feet up and relax with this week's Sofa's Focus. <laughs> have an awesome awesome film i love this film i love all the films <laughs> <laughs> yeah if there's anything you need to know about steve he, he is mr film there is no other way to say it. he is mr film <laughs> it's called haywire and it was released in 2011 it's uh, directed by steven steven uh, soderberg it's who also did like the limey Oceans, you know, 11, 12, oh, 13, films, yeah, yeah, like and uh, it's kind of a little bit like the Limey to a certain extent, it's got quite a good bit of action in it, um, I like the Limey, Limey didn't do too good at cinema, but I, I quite liked it, and this one takes it a step further, because it stars uh, Gina Carano uh, from the MMA cage fighting, it was yeah. her first sort of uh, debut as a, a major movie sort of star, she plays Mallory Kane. It also stars uh, Channing Tatum, Ewan McGregor, Michael Fassbender, Bill Paxton as her uh, dad. Bill on, Paxton. On, uh, I love Bill Paxton. Antonio Banderas and Michael Douglas. That's <clears throat> a big name so it then. It's a, it is. It's, it's literally, he saw her fighting. This is Stephen. He saw her fighting and said, I want to put you in a film. Right. So what he done was he wrote everything for her, around her, and put these people around her. And everybody, including her, do a fantastic job. Really? Her I, I, I have to say, I've put my hands up. I've not seen the film, so I can't comment too much about it. Please do, please do, because you you will you you'll love it. It's in it's in the vein of like your James Bond, your Bourne films. Okay. And um, she she plays uh, like a black ops uh, super soldier. Uh, it's it's not um, special powers or anything like that. Basically, she's betrayed during yeah. a, a mission. And she wants to sort of come back, uh, well, get herself back first of all, and um, take revenge on anybody who's obviously set her up. Yeah. And um, the first part is in an American diner with uh, Channing Tatum, and the fight scene is brutal. Really? Absolutely brutal. She, because she's an M- MMA cage fighter, she, she has this way of just looking the part. You know, she even just standing there. You've got certain people, like uh, who who do these action female action characters, but they're what she has. You can see it's from the the centre of her. Yeah. If you know what I mean, she yeah. she has this stance and the movement, very confident. And yeah. most of the time, I mean, I mean, even Ewan Ewan McGregor actually hit her once, and she asked him if he was all right. <laughs> well, make sure his, ha- his hand was all right. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I've watched a few interviews with her, and she says she is two different people. She's one person in in the fight in the, in the cage, and one yeah. person out. There's some little nods, I think, because it's the, the fight scene with uh, Michael Fassbender. She's in. She's. They've just been out for dinner, and literally, as they come in, it starts. And again, right. people are being thrown around, going through tables, this, that, and the other. How that ends is quite amusing as well as quite brutal again, and it, it's a little nod I thought to Luke Besson's Nikita. It's not like an eighties action Arnie Schwarzenegger type thing, you know. It, it it's believable. I was going to say, are the fight scenes believable? Because you you mentioned briefly about the Bourne films, and that's one thing I absolutely love about the, the Bourne films is that all the fight scenes are believable and you know I know very much what they had experts in on that and, and, and the, even after the films experts have said yeah the fight scenes are yeah. correct you know what some of the things that you see that's yeah. how it is. Yes be. it is and, and um, each one in the film is is spot on there isn't one that, that you think oh what no you know yeah oh, each, really? each one is that's absolutely good. fantastic it's interesting the way as well that it was originally with uh Liongate, Lionsgate, and, and they fell out, and they they didn't want to distribute it anymore. And it went to uh, Relativity Media, and uh, Soderbergh he recut it. He did some reshoots and re-edits because what they wanted, they uh-huh. wanted a born clone, and he didn't want that. Right. So when it moved over to uh, uh, Relativity Media, he he got some reshoots and, and he redid it to more his vision. 
and I think it's so much. So is there two no, versions no, of the this, film? This, out I just then? think his version is how it should have been because we don't want a Bourne clone because right. it, it's no. Bourne is itself and yeah. it's not James Bond. It's a different way of telling it. It is, it is yeah, what, it is what it is, isn't it? So, yeah, it stands out. It, on it its would own have been well. nice to see if this would have got a, a sequel. If Haywire Two, I think would have been pretty good, but obviously she's gone on to bigger and better things. She's in the Mandalorian. You know, world's a royster now. She can pick and choose whatever she wants to do. But uh, yeah, this film absolutely fantastic as a as a a good thriller, good action film, but also just a a a believable action film as well. Mm. Really good. Good. That's good to hear because a lot of them you sort of like you look at it and while you're watching it you sort of like think to yourself come on that's not believable that's just Jason Statham when he gets covered in oil that's (laughs) Uh, now come on you've got one thing the guy can't act you know Uh, Jason if you're listening uh, no no offence but (laughs) your acting skills aren't up there with with the best but you can't knock his martial arts knowledge and skills He, he is he's great I think I thought it was quite funny in that bit where he does get covered in oil it's the fact that it makes sense because they try and grab hold of him and he just slips out it's not the fact that you want to see him I don't want to see him covered in oil (laughs) no no thanks for that nice image there (laughs) but I like where he gets the uh he gets the bicycle pedals. So yes. Walk on the, on the audio. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Brilliant. Fantastic. So, yeah, I, that's a film then I'm going to definitely have to add to my list because I've not seen it, but, you know, uh, going from discussion we've That's the thing. It did, I think, for a lot of people, it slipped under the radar because they didn't know who she was. She was obviously the star of the film, but you had all these other people. Yeah. Now, Mark Commode has called it a B-movie, and it, but he really liked it. I don't normally go along with some of the stuff he says, but but I was surprised when I was watching one of his views that he actually liked it, but he still called it a B-movie. And I think it was because there wasn't a big star in the front. It was her, because it was her first, the first bit. But yeah. I think it's, it's just as good yeah. as any a, A-lister you know, uh, action film. Yeah. Cool. That's probably why it's under the radar a bit, is because it didn't star a, a well-known at the time leading actress. And um, yeah, and if the critics... Res- perceived it that way then it wouldn't have got the you know the limelight that something that a well-known actress at the time or you know we had like Angelina Jolie really saying it. wanted and stuff like that it looks good but still didn't doesn't carry herself the way that Gina does in the film yeah because she's professionally trained and it just believes more believable you know yeah so cool okay um I've gone away from the movie side of things for for, for my section and I'm going to talk about a very much loved game. Um, it's ten years old now, which I found difficult to believe, and it's still as big now as if it was when it was first released. And I'm going to talk about Minecraft and the spin-off game, which came out literally a couple of weeks ago, called Minecraft Dungeons. So it came out ten years ago. It sold two million copies across all platforms. That's some staggering that numbers for a computer yeah. game. And the fact that it's still as big now and there's regular updates coming out for it, it's VR, it's on anything you can you can think of. You know, if they could get it working on a calculator, I'm sure it would come out on a calculator. It just is out on everything. Um, it was first programmed by a guy called Marcus Peterson, Petson, I yeah, yeah. Swedish guy. Um, and he set up a, uh, a company purely for the game called uh, Mojang, Mojang Studios. Um, and believe it or not, Microsoft purchased that company in 2014, and obviously the rights to Minecraft, for $2.5 billion. And that was in 2014. So Microsoft obviously saw back then, you know, that this game is not reached nowhere near its peak. We're going to buy it because we know there's still big money in this and as I say it's still popular today as much so even now than what it was when it first released and the fact that they've just released a spin-off game called Minecraft Dungeons shows you the popularity of the game really because you know if it wasn't still going as strong as 
is what it was when it first released, no one would be interested in in a, in a spin-off game. But the simple fact that the numbers are are still being like staggering, still selling thousands of copies a year, it's just ridiculous, really. For the type of game it is, you know, you, you we play it, you know, we play it in VR. It's the most simplest game that you can think of. It's just putting blocks down. How more simpler can you get? But it's the the level of depth that they've added to it with the updates and that that allows you to do, you know, the building and just adds more more flavour to the game. But um, for me, I think it's a great game. You know, I absolutely love it. I stayed away from it for ages because everybody was playing it, <clears throat> and um, I just thought no, yeah. I didn't like the look of it. It, it was, you know, the way too blocky as such. But when they brought in new yeah. Uh, sort of character maps and new things to put on it to make it look less blocky. That because the blockiness was never an, an appeal to me. I enjoyed the the fact that you could be creative with it and make whatever you want, but it just I didn't like the look of it. And right. I can't remember if I I think the first time I actually played it was on PlayStation Four, and I thought, okay, I'm going to give it a go, uh, and I did enjoy it. I was yeah. a little bit sort of upset when I found there were restrictions on the PlayStation 4 because I think there was a depth and a height because of the, the, the processor. You know, you could only go down so far, which was a lot less than than the PC, the PC version. version. I think I thought that was... I, I, I kind of The one thing that gets me with it is it's not so much limitless as you can go down so far, then you hit the bedrock, and then that's it. Yeah, yeah. which is and unbreakable. I think, well, yeah. I want to go further than that, but but I suppose reality-wise, you're <laughs> it, it, it's meant to be that's it. You can't go, you know. And um, we've made some awesome stuff. I mean, you're you're under underwater city we made because we're oh, the, yeah because we, when city, we yeah. moved to the PC <laughs> and I just think yeah I, I really enjoyed that. And of course when the the, the <laughs> I first had it on the reason why I went to VR I had it on the and I think. Uh, the Samsung Gear VR. I first right. played Minecraft on that, which was obviously a mobile right. game, and I remember putting that on for the first time because there were a lot of, <clears throat> again, that was the early days of VR. There was a lot of experiences. There was a lot of two minute, two or three minute yeah. videos, and that was about it. You know, 180 degrees. Very rarely did you get 360. And suddenly they said, and, yeah. and I worked out. It's like, hang on a minute. Yeah. Um, Minecraft's on there. I've got, I've got to play that. I remember yeah. the first time I just, I had my eyes closed purposely until it had all loaded up, and just I opened them and I just looked around and went and saw that the blocks were essentially a meter by a meter. That's what they looked like if you was really, you know, if you was next to them in real life. Standard yeah. kind of thing. And that was it. Yeah. I was hooked. Yeah. And I just thought, wow, I've, I've yeah. got to play this properly. But even. Even if it is, even though it is the, the the big blocks, if you go on YouTube and look at some of the the mega builds, um, because you know, like anything, if you build anything on a bigger scale, a meter by meter block, if it's on a big enough scale, can still be made to look small. And some of these mega builds, it's just they're unbelievable. It's like, I, how how do you do that? I don't understand how you. Could I think I mean when like I that. when I when when you built yours because we was messing about, wasn't we? And we we sort of, uh, I yeah. I. I wanted to do something totally different and that's why I built the castle on the water and then I sort yeah. of thought oh hang on I, I've got to I wanted to try and get away from all the stuff that came out at night that was before they did the, the ones under the water obviously but uh, yeah. and then I built up from there and then I thought oh, hang on a minute I can I can do farms so I, I worked out how I could get like a farmyard around it so it has like a moat around it but then that has the farms right yeah. and then I think I built a and then I suddenly thought well, hang on a minute if I put glass if I build something if I go underwater build a cube of glass then do it so I can get into the glass the water disappears or the water wouldn't wouldn't appear in that and you can literally have like a a, a glass box you can stand in and look yeah. out and I just built that, made it a little bit bigger, and then that's when you came into my world and said, right, oh, wow, let's just build, you know, I want to build a underground lair, you know, and that's when you're starting yeah. to build up, and then we joined it with the 
uh, <laughs> with the railway <laughs> and that yeah, yeah. the minecarts yeah everything's all connected and then I, <laughs> I built a Millennium Falcon to land on top of my castle <laughs> and building that I, I, I got some um, plans I think I just downloaded them off the internet so I wonder if that's how that's only how it can start isn't it you must have a, a sort of a plan in your head of what you want it to be but you need that yeah. infrastructure even like, even like a, a real building you need that in internal structure to be able to make it look so good on the outside and um, yeah. but again there are well, still restraints like you wanted to do a, a swimming pool but underwater but oh, you couldn't do I, it I but you could do it because it, fish kept coming into it and it's like well clearly yeah. you're you're in an air environment but you're underwater but the game just couldn't get his head around that no I, I didn't see it it didn't no it couldn't it couldn't differentiate between the fact that it was uh, a cleared out area, but it, as far as the game was concerned, it yeah, was still. Yeah, and I loved water. that idea. So, any, yeah, any water that's in the clear space was still seen as underwater. So, yeah, fish were spawning. There's nothing I could do about it. So, the, that that swimming pool turned but, into yeah, a dining which is table. kind of it was good, but the original idea wasn't as good as the no, swimming the original pool, was idea it? was fantastic. But and you just think, oh, so there's always. Yeah. It's never perfect. It's never, and we, when we went off and actually found a village, and then we did the, the, the train journey to it and built that. Up. That was that was fun. But then you got to the village and went, yeah, yeah. this is nice. Uh, well, what, what are we going to do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I remember um, building that the that's, connecting that's right. yeah. well yeah. to your to the, to the village, and at the time I didn't have VR. And when I was sort of like one evening, I was helping to to build, you know, the 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 minecart from our area to the main village. You wasn't online, and I saw that it was going past this sort of like ravine, if you like, where it has like it went quite deep, and it was sort of like had all lava and everything. I thought, oh, Steve's gonna love this. So what I did was I purposefully built the rail track to go <laughs> down into this ravine, past all these water uh, and lava, and I thought that's gonna look great in VR. It was it did. absolutely it superb, did. and it was so much fun when you got yours, and then we're both like on a cart in front of going, hey, look, this is alright. Um, but then again, and as much as I love this game, there was never a way around certain things. My view was restricted, but I don't was you. I don't know yeah. if yours was because you you couldn't you couldn't the um, oh what's it called um Field yeah of view, the isn't it? Uh, uh, it's not so much round it's more how many blocks away you could see up to in distance and the dis- yeah yeah I think that is a restriction on that yeah. it should be why are oh, they restricting yeah. something because if you've got the the processing power. Then force it. Even if it drops the yeah. the uh, the frame rates down a little bit, let me choose the distance, and I'll decide what's comfortable yeah. for me. Again, there's so much, around VR. Yeah. There's so many bits that they're so so absolutely scared with people being sick. It's like, well, it's been yeah. long enough now that people would yeah. know. You know, the whole point is they're not going to be. Oh, I bought three hundred pounds worth of headset, and it makes me sick. I'm never going to play it again. Well, put the options in the game. You know, do you want it to do this, or do you want it to do? You know, customize it enough where you give people the option what they want to do. You know, I, when I first got my VR, I made the, a big, big mistake. I'm a big space nut. I absolutely love space, and um, I was looking through the uh, the store and I saw, oh, there's an ISS uh, game that you can play, and basically you're inside the International Space Station. I thought, oh yeah, that's me. That's great. So I put my VR headset on. I'll get in the space station. One of the worst decisions I ever made. It was total free flying, and I had to take the headset. Off. I thought I was going to be sick because at that point I, I still haven't. But I, I, even worse, I hadn't got my VR legs, and it was pretty much free free flying. And if you're not moving, but you're moving, the brain can't work it all out. And yeah, I, I couldn't get out the headset. Off. I thought I was going to be sick. And the trouble is, you get to that point, and it and it lasts for you quite a while. Yeah, the the more it's yeah. one of those things where you, you you can't push past it. If it starts to build up, and it gets to a point, you're yeah. not never going to go over that and be better. You've literally got to take it off, and then wait for a few hours, even a day, and then put it back on again, and then yeah, start yeah. again to gradually get you yeah. sort, of, sort of self used to it. And I used to have snap turning on everything, and then I suddenly went to smooth turning, and I was fine. Yeah, it does take a little while. 
because even when the Minecraft for that bit we was talking about where I made the the, the minecart go around down into the ravine, the first time I experienced that in VR, that was quite a drop to go down into the ravine, and it made me feel sick that in, that initial drop down into the minecart. And that's so, and that's why I think but, they took that off of Iron Man because they did, and, and it's like yeah, it's well, a shame. I can't remember what is it the Ving, Vingettes? I can't remember. Is what comes around your vision to to bring your vision in. You can take them off. Yeah. So if you if you if you've took yeah. that and reduced that to nothing on everything, that means that you're okay. You know, or yeah, exactly, give people yeah. the option. But then going you know back into to Minecraft slightly, they've just released. It was on the 26th of May this year. They've just released the. Uh, like a, it's not a follow-up. It's like a, it's in the the Minecraft world, but it's very much a very different game. It's called Minecraft Dungeons, and it's it's an isometric kind of like look down view of the world. So it it uses you know, you know Minecraft style of graphics. So you, if you were to look at, it, you can easily see that it's a, a Minecraft game, but it's very very much different. Uh, it's a it's an open world dungeon crawler. So basically, you know. Um, it's say so it's top down, and you are going through villages and that, and you is set in the Minecraft world, but you can't build anything, you can't, um, you know, uh, create anything. There's no crafting or anything like that. Um, so it's everything is procedurally generated levels uh, with uh, randomly generated monsters. So every time you go into the game, each level looks different every time you play it because it's like set up as and when you first go into the game um, and the point of the game is the story is there's a, an illager his name is Archie and he was a lonely illager and he went round all these different towns but no one would let him in, no one would accept him so he eventually come across this orb of dominance which gave him great like power <laughs> but it's also uh, random yeah, what's that oh that's an orb of dominance but it gave, gave him great power and it, but it unfortunately corrupted him so what it did was he seeked vengeance on all those that wouldn't give him safe entrance into their villages so he's gone back and he's basically decimated the villages and made all the villagers slaves and he oversees the whole thing from his mighty castle so the point of the game is is that you're this hero, either on your own or up to four players, either locally or multiplayer. And the point of the game is that you've got to go through all the villages that he's overrun, destroy all the monsters and everything, and eventually get to his castle and destroy the Orb of Dominance and release him from his corrupted self. So that's the point of the game. Um, I've, I've got it. It's I've played it. It's great. Great fun. It's great fun. Um, yeah, it's just lots of shooting and running around, really, which is perfect. If you if you love Minecraft, then it's a completely different take on, on the Minecraft universe, but still fun, good. all the same. Sounds good, sounds good. Okay, it's now time to lift those cushions and see what's been lost for a few years in Retro Raiders. <laughs> Okay, Russ, what have you got for us in Retro Raiders? Okay, this time I have chosen a, a film. Uh, it was released in 1993. It was directed by Marco Brambilla. Uh, not, it was his directing debut at the time. And it is the very much loved Demolition Man. Yay, Demolition. <laughs> Demolition. <laughs> it's a great film starring Sylvester Stallone, Wesley Snipes, Sandra Bullock... And the British, probably known for more TV films, uh, sort of like uh, TV series rather than films, Nigel Hawthorne. Very much underrated actor, but he wasn't. he's not really in many A-list films, but he played a great part in, in that film. Um, let's say it released in, in 1993. It was set around uh, a cop at the time. His name was John Spartan, who's Sylvester Stallone. And the, the baddie was Wesley Snipes, who's a character of Simon Phoenix. And very much in the, the, the sort of beginning of the film, it starts and it's set in 1996, where Simon Phoenix has got all these hostages in this building, and Sylvester Stallone is his job to go in and basically 
rescue the hostages and, and get him, get him out. The thing is, Simon Phoenix had uh, wired the whole building, all the buildings, to to explode. Um, but Stallone went in thinking that all the hostages were safe, but they weren't. They were still in the building. So he went in to try and get Simon Phoenix, and he blew up all the buildings. Oh yeah, he did like some sort of. of uh... What was it? Didn't they check it via the heat? There was no heat signatures yeah. anywhere. Was it? Yeah, but going, they, the hostages were still in there. Going via bungee cord, that I remember. <laughs> <laughs> did he go? Did he drop out of a helicopter? Wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Very Stallone like. You know, t- typical, typical eighties uh, or nineties, early nineties action. Oh, no, I, I always go into Liddles like that. It's fine. <laughs> well, yeah, it's the only way to get in. <laughs> but the problem was, after everything all blew up, Simon Phoenix basically said. Stallone, John Spartan, he knew that the hostages were in there and he purposefully went in there knowing that they were still in there to blow them all up. Um, I suppose so, he had a reputation, didn't he, for, for doing that sort of... Hence Demolition he was, Man. He was, he was like, known yeah. for blowing things up, yeah. yeah. So they were sent to the California Cryo Penitentiary where they were cryogenically frozen. Uh, and then the film jumps to 2032 where... Simon Phoenix is thawed for a parole hearing, but he somehow escapes. I, 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 I think this is an inside job somewhere. Don't you? Yeah, <laughs> sounds like it to me. And because the 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 law enforcement has changed over the times, they're nowhere near equipped to deal with a villain <laughs> they like are... Simon Simon Phoenix. Joy, joy feelings, joy, joy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was very, it was very much a softy, softy kind of like world that had transpired because Nigel Hawthorne who plays kind of like the overseeing governor set all these rules in place where you know people were generally good so you know no swearing yes no because of smoking ban that that was everything's yep. come true now hasn't it? We... <laughs> yeah yeah if you swore there was a machine that said you know which was in his voice you have been fined five credits <laughs> <laughs> and a slip of paper would come out <laughs> so the only way that they you know, they had to look back through their archives and thought, well, how was he dealt with back in ninety early 90s? And they came across John Spartan and they thought, well, we've got to thaw him out because he's the only guy that's up to the job. And then the film goes on from there. And, oh, what a great film. What a great film. There was a couple of bits. Did you know who was originally set up to be the leading parts? I do, but why don't you tell us? <laughs> well, I've got here, uh, I think it was Jean-Claude Van Damme and Steven Seagal. Yeah. And the reason why they didn't do it was because they both wanted to play the hero. Oh. And uh, then Stallone, when Stallone was brought on board, he wanted Jackie Chan to play Simon Phoenix. But oh. again, Jackie Chan didn't want to play the bad guy. The baddie. So in the end, obviously we went for Wesley Snipes, which I think is good because obviously he's he's in the Expendables three and stuff like that. So it's a nice little nod there. Um, as far as I'm aware, Laurie Petty from Tank Girl and um, Point Break, she was meant to play the Sandra Bullock character. Yeah, Lelina Huxley. Yep, yeah, but she dropped yeah. out due to um, what do they call it? Uh, creative differences. Oh, what's that? <laughs> that means what is they, that? either she didn't get on with the director or the director didn't or get on with her. Around. Yeah, that's yeah. more like it. Yeah. But there's the one bit I, I love in this film because when they're um, chronically, cryogenically frozen, they uh, have a rehabilitation where they get to learn certain skills. And, you know, when Simon Phoenix is, is thawed, he's while he's been in frozen state, he's had all these martial arts skills that he's been learning and passwords you know, and everything like that. And yeah, yeah, it's yeah. all planted into his brain. And so he's his martial arts expert and hacking expert. And then you've got old Stallone, who's you know back in when in the day when he was like up against Simon Phoenix, was known as like the one of the baddest cops there was. His skill that he got rehabilitated was was knitting. <laughs> So yeah, he could. It might be lethal with a pair of knitting needles. He could do you a great jumper, which at one point in the film he does knit Sandra Bullock. That's right. An apology jumper because he upset her. That the following morning he's got this jumper for her. Oh, I think that's brilliant. That is brilliant. Oh dear. Um, there was one thing that's interesting with the Taco Bell stuff yeah did you that was know, like the only restaurant that that, that, that existed yeah, yeah there's uh what was it the, the um, franchise wars 
Yeah. But it wasn't. It's it's not always Taco Bell. In no? in some other countries, like Australia, for instance, it's Pizza Hut, and the Pizza really? Hut yeah the Pizza Hut signs are in the film, and it's dubbed. He he said it twice. He says it once with Taco Bell, but also yeah. even though he still voices the the mouth movement is saying Taco Bell, he actually says Pizza Hut. And the reason why they did that was because Taco Bell wasn't so well known in certain yeah. countries. They made it Pizza Hut. How ridiculous is that? Yeah, but Taco Bell in the nineties wasn't known in the UK either. I know. It's but... only recently that it's, they've started opening some chains. Yeah, I've never, I've never, I literally, literally looking into this because I knew we was going to talk about it. I had a little look, and it astounded me that um, it just. Uh, but they're both owned by the same brand, Yum Brand, Y U M. They're both owned by the same brand, so I suppose that's how they could get away with using them. They slipped between right. both, but definitely Pizza Hut was was more well known in the likes of Australia, so they they ended up having that. Oh, strange. The also the Kuwait release name. Obviously, some films have different names in different countries. Yeah, <laughs> it's actually known as Rambo the Destroyer in Kuwait. What? <laughs> That's I think what it is is because of the translation. But also the fact that people knew Sylvester Stallone as Rambo. From, from Rambo, yeah. But of course, he's not playing Rambo. It's a completely different film. Altogether. Exactly, exactly. It's set in the future. <laughs> <laughs> so they were probably going it to see Rambo thinking it's, it's Rambo in the future. This is all right. Also, um, they removed quite a big subplot. Did you know about that? No. The, and that involved his supposed daughter. Oh. So. Um, Spartan had a daughter. Yeah, because he asks about her, doesn't he, in yeah. the film? Now, she was meant to be with the people that were underground. Right. And in a few of the shots, you can see this actress, this woman, who actually was actually brought in to play his daughter, but then they dropped the whole subplot from the film. Oh. But that could resurface, potentially, in the sequel. What, in the recently announced the Demolition rec- Man? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, did you, how did you come across it? How did you know there was going to be? Well, I follow Sylvester Stallone on Instagram. I'm, I'm not a big social media person, but there are a couple of stars like Sylvester Stallone, Arnie Schwarzenegger, where I, I'm such big fans of theirs, I do like to try and keep up with you know what they're doing. And every now and again Stallone or especially while we've been in this lockdown he's been doing this this Q&A sessions on on Instagram and he basically came out and said on there that it's it's in the works but he said it in such a yeah yeah we're doing that anyway on to the next question yeah it was nothing yeah what (laughs) that's huge because it it was alright it didn't do it didn't do as well as a cliffhanger and that came out around about the same time because there's if you watch the making of of Cliffhanger, he's talking about Cliffhanger, but dressed in the police officer uniform of Demolition Man. Yeah, because they both swapped yeah. over when the making of swapped over at the same time, which is a bit weird. Yeah. I know. And um, there also some something else he mentioned as well, which is also another throwaway, was um, Nighthawks, oh. which he which he made with uh, uh, Rutger Hauer. Um, oh. Is going to be a, a, a streaming. A series. And I know there's, there was talk about um, a Tango and Cash too as well. About, yeah, because like, Kurt Russell's recently come back into the the high life with you know with starring in like a Guardians of the Galaxy film and that. So how cool would another Tango and Cash film be? That'd be absolutely, that'd be yeah, absolutely awesome. <laughs> and there's always talk as well of Expendables Four. They've been talking about that for ages. Whether that's ever going to happen or not, no idea. But yeah, Stallone as old as old as he is, he's He's constantly working. He's always writing. He's always doing he's just, stuff. Yeah, yeah. He just never gives up. I was going to say what, what slightly what annoys me with like actors like him is that he's been at it ever since a, a young age. But okay, he's not the greatest actor. But these award ceremonies, these guys, they they've kept the industry going in a lot of senses. But they're never recognised. Why are they not ever recognised? And he's a good writer. He's he's done yeah. a lot of stuff like that, and and no, yeah. and, and I think it's because because they're so popular, and you know they, they earn the big bucks, and they're so famous. Is that that again? It, I never, I don't care what the critics say. I don't listen to the critics because they know nothing. 
No. The, the whole point is they'll go for something that was in Cannes Film Festival and this, that, and the other. Yeah. And you just look yeah. at it and you go, yeah, right, whatever. It's a bit like a, a painting. You know, you get somebody who's standing up and go, oh, these colours, they're talking to me. They're, I love that splodge of colour over there. And you just think, yeah. I could... I could sneeze. Well, do that. I could sneeze better than that. <laughs> yeah, that multi-million pounds drawing. Ex- or painting. Yeah, but but you're going to get people go. Oh, oh yes, yes, because it's the emperor's new clothes. Yes. Oh yes, I see. I see what you mean. It's fantastic. I'm friends with you. Do you earn lots of money? Yeah, and and it's like yeah, uh, uh, but there'll be me in the background going. It's nothing. It's what is it? I can't see. I don't know. <laughs> I don't see the fascination after that. To be honest with you, it's like they, then people are on a different. I don't know what they're on. They're on a different plane. You know, they're they're out there. Yeah, uh, and I think no, no, and, and I think that's why you've got certain people. They don't just appreciate the fact that it's it is a good fun movie. But then you you know, we we I tell you what, we're getting a little bit sidetracked. Do we want to uh, give this the old uh, cushion award? What are we what we, we going to do? Yeah, we do. We're going to give it again, like before. We're going to rate it on what we thought of it back in the day, and then what we thought of it today. Okay, say, if I, 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 I think uh, I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I went to the cinema to see it. I loved that explosion with the building. I loved all the other little bits and pieces, and nothing seemed to be missing for me. And um, I, I loved the soundtrack. I enjoyed the Sting uh, single. Single. Uh, I think that came out. I don't know if that was quite a while before the film came out. Yeah. And definitely five cushions. Uh, when I first saw it, when I saw it at cinema, and absolutely a hundred percent, definitely five cushions now. Uh, yeah, come on. <laughs> uh, you know what I'm going to say? Be a, I'm a big Stallone fan. I, I love all his, I love all his films, and uh, watching Rambo and, and and these kind of films like Demolition Man as a kid, you know, it just got you so excited and pumped up. It's like, yeah, 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 he's an actor. I could be like that, you know. Before you know, he's like kicking kick your bed and you're. you're <laughs> thinking you can react to some of the some of the things those guys are doing. I just you know? fell out of bed. So yeah. <laughs> I was bungee. So, yeah. I'm bungeeing out my bed. <laughs> so yeah, for me I've got to give it the five cushions back then and it, yeah. Even today it stands out. It, it's it's one of Stallone's greatest and definitely even yeah, even Wesley Snipes as well. You know, the 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 guy he doesn't get the best recognition again. But he's great in that film. Uh so five cushions for me as well. Five cushions it is. We've got to be careful what we're doing here because this is two films in a row now <laughs> that we've given the highest five cushion gold award. That's true. That's true. We, we need to pick one that we don't actually like. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, no, good. Five cushions, fantastic. Okay. Yep. Thanks for listening. We both hope you enjoyed it. Uh, if you'd like to contact us, uh, our email address is uh, dtbot77 at gmail.com and our Twitter account is at dtbots. So that's D T B O T S down the back of the sofas. You can give us feedback, let us know what you liked or didn't like, and put forward any suggestions for up and coming shows. Uh, our Facebook and website will be up and running pretty soon, so you'll be able to see us there as well. So, Russ, if you got any final comments? No, just thanks a lot for listening, and keep an eye out for future episodes. We've got some really great things coming up. We have. We've got some good specials coming up as well. Uh, also, if you can give us a good positive review on iTunes, that will help as well. Okay, thanks very much for listening, and we'll see you later. Bye.